0: Hi, I'm Adam. And I'm Rob. And welcome to episode 46 of the stream Bucket Podcast.
1: Do you know what's relevant about the number 46? I mean,
0: it's four more than the meaning of life.
1: Exactly. Yes. Correct.
0: What, what, is that, was that That's, it?
1: Yeah, I didn't have an answer, I was asking you. Oh,
0: well, I'm glad I had an answer.
1: Yeah, well then, We're
0: reporting from my squeaky chair.
1: That's a new development, the squeaky chair, I don't can know. Hit, can you hear it? <coughs> my... Th- frickin' throat is disgusting ha ah, your squeaky chair in my throat this is gonna be a stellar show
0: can you hear the squeaks
1: I don't know What's oh, the squeaks going on is this good podcasting to just give them squeaks it's is, like, he, is still, this like, good podcasting to give them squeaks we're
0: on a mouse rave right mm, 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 mm. yeah
1: yeah we're on a mouse rave Adam oh, um,
0: this is why your throat's screwed up hmm because you keep being a little mice man because i'm
1: always a little
0: mice yes indeed so we are coming to you from a land a new world yeah. a new world is emerging from the chrysalis of the lockdown we're coming from a, a world that where the lockdown has looks like it's presumably gonna fix uh, global warming yeah. No more coal powering Britain. Two months free, baby. Yeah. That's very good. Uh, we're coming from a world where... Uh, we're tearing down statues
1: of slave traders that should have been torn down hundreds of years ago. Yeah, yeah. They the, never the should one, have
0: been erected. The one in Bristol was being talked about coming down when I lived there. Yeah. like 10 years ago or something stupid. Um, and there's this whole new civil rights thing happening. Yeah. Which is amazing. I took part in some of it. It's really good. Um, so though something else is happening where I feel like it's a bit too big for us just to not talk about.
1: Yeah, yeah. given the fact that we, um, we specialise in film and television, we can't dance around the subject, we kind of got to say something, don't we? Yes,
0: yeah, so and we're only going to keep it brief because it's something that we're not that qualified to talk about it, but it is kind of important in a way. Uh, and what's the topic?
1: Censorship. Yes. And uh, particularly the censorship of what many people would consider classical, you know, classic pieces of work on film and television.
0: Yeah, so TV's the one that's getting the, the target drawn on it right now.
1: Yeah, so uh, Gone with the Wind is the big film one. But oh, with, yes, yes, um, yes. But that side, it's all Little Britain, it's 40 Towers, it's uh, Gavin and Stacey
0: even. Uh, League of Gentlemen as mm. well. Now, again, we're not qualified to say whether that's good or bad. I think there's a certain amount of thought that needs to be put into this kind of stuff. Yeah. So there's an episode of Faulty Towers where uh, it's been pulled because there's some overtones and some choice language used, which is horrible and despicable, but it's kind of supposed to be. And I wonder if context is missing from this mass censorship kind of argument.
1: What... I would, in the case of Forty Towers, I would say I like they should go the same route. In my opinion, which could be wrong, as what HBO Max is saying, they are going to do. They, they they've t- temporarily taken Gone with the Wind off. They're going to put it back, but they're working on uh, some form of notice they're going to have before the film itself plays. Just kind of reprimanding like the nastiness of the culture back then and like how wrong it is. And I think you can't really taint or take away from an episode from something which is a, from a different time but you can point out what's wrong with it beforehand if there is any gray area then you know make the notice beforehand post something before the show saying like we don't agree with this a b and c is despicable and i don't know yeah and i mean that's called a thought
0: disney is famously notorious for having weird depictions in the past uh, Disney made um, that horrible, horrible one, "Song of the South," with yeah. that horrific song. Yeah, horrendous. horrendous. Which, <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, it lasted a while. So, I mean, what's the point we're making? Like,
1: off. it's really tricky. It's really tricky. Like, <clears throat> you need to see what's made in the past to have an understanding of the past and of the times. Is I, I, I imagine. The problem is if people do get offended with it and if people are poorly influenced by it and think they still can behave like that. In fact, um, I've started watching Parks and Recreation and there was an episode I watched yesterday when the uh, Venezuelans come to town in series two. Oh yeah. And Mm. there's a lot of really, (laughs) really dodgy humour in that. And that's 2000 and what, 2008, 2009? Something like that. I don't know. So even as far back as then, and we're talking about Gavin and Stacey when they refer to a character as Chinese Alan all the time, there's...
0: Stuff which I mean, is the is the better position to be where if you are offended, you can report it easier. But then, what kind of world is that building? Comedy, comedy should be satirical, as far as I'm. What well, so satire should be scathing. Mm. Uh, comedy should be able to push boundaries. Yeah, but it's when you cross those boundaries, I think, and I don't know. It just things like League of Gentlemen feels like a knee-jerk reaction. And I, I make... I have more understanding of, like, L- Little Britain. Yeah. You genuinely just had blackface.
1: Yeah, but I don't, I don't know about... I don't know enough about League of Gentlemen, but my understanding of it was he was... He, there's, what's his name? Papa something. Papa Lazarou. Well,
0: Papa Lazarou has the look of a minstrel, which is bad, which was famously bad, but the actual depiction of him is that he's an old circus clown. And in the old days, that is just how they looked.
1: Yeah, but then there's Papa Legba. This is what I was talking about. Papa Legba. He's like a oh, Haitian voodoo. serves as the intermediary between the lower and humanity. Yeah. You see what I mean? And the fact he's called Papa.
0: But I think Papa was just the term used for do you circus.
1: See, this is the problem. This is this is it's such a big world of doubt and.
0: That yeah, that is the trouble. And maybe maybe the best thing to do is to. Just take the high road where there is doubt, worry about it later, yeah, come yeah. back to things, but yes, it's an interesting time, and things are just going to get more interesting i think
1: yes, there's great changes happening, and it's very good, and it looks like progress has finally been made on some level, and we're all for that, so that's very good
0: and it's I think the most important thing of all is that everyone needs to be learning. I think education's the biggest thing here, yeah we're learning that maybe stuff that was treated as A sort of temple of humour and comedy might not actually be that for everyone. Maybe that's the... Maybe that's what we need to take away from it.
1: Yeah, 100%.
0: But anyway, like we say, we're not qualified to talk about this, really. But I think the point should be made that censorship, I think, for me, is anti-comedy. I'm not a fan of censorship. However, I understand that there is things I don't understand. So... We'll see
1: That's it And we're not going to Passionately defend our corner About things that offend people We're going to listen And that's the point of Like half the point of a lot of this Is listen
0: Absolutely Yeah Yes Okay well let's Get the hell out of this place Shall we Yes 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 Okay so
1: (laughs) Shut up and Wait right there
0: What? Before
1: we get started I'm sorry I know you're tired
0: Rob's just left the room gone. is coming oh, back. He's now returning. Favorite. What? Oh! It's a bottle of Campo Viejo Rioja. Nom, nom, nom.
1: Yeah, it's the standard. It's our traditional red wine. You're doing it because I'll, I'll break <laughs> it. Yeah. This
0: um, uh, this used to be the drink. Whenever we, in the early days of Screen Bucket, we'd always round off the recording with... A couple of bottles of brioche okay, and some fried chicken.
1: Yes. And it looks like fried chicken might well be on the cards tonight, Adam. Yay!
0: What's the occasion, Rob? Why have, we, why have you brought me wine? The reason I've brought you wine, Adam, is because I love
2: you. Oh,
0: I knew it. Also. Oh, what? It's your birthday. It's my birthday. Hey! It, it's my birthday on today that it comes out.
1: Before, like, we're making a big hurrah about this. You've got to choose your own film. But can I just say... 31 is the most unimportant of all the birthdays. So I don't... think
0: so as well. Yeah. I think so. But you, you had absconded on my last birthday, the big one.
1: What do you mean? that? What's absconded? What do you mean? What did I do? You buggered off. Well, I went to Ireland, didn't I? Yes. Ugh. Yeah, but then I went with you on that disastrous, treacherous Monopoly
0: pub crawl. Disastrous? That went really well.
1: It went fantastically, but it ended horrifically.
0: Yeah, well, as discussed on a previous recording. Hmm. This time last year, somewhere. Yeah. Oh, dude. Splashed some wine on me. That's because of the. That's a tiny A medical. <laughs> a medical call through. It's been mm. taking
1: hearts out. <laughs> um. So, on the show today, whilst Adam pours his wonderful glasses...
0: Listen, of wine. listen. Ooh. Oh. I love that sound. Says all oh, middle class people ever, ever, ever who lived. They do.
1: They do. Ooh.
0: Look at that delicious little wine. Look <laughs> at <laughs> um, the little wine. Let's go into the Foley album. Charles. Charles Chin Because
1: it's your birthday. On the t- show today. Yes. Look over there.
0: Oh, I've got a little part of presents. Adam's got
1: a little part of presents for me. Is that a scotch egg? Yes. Nice. It is a scotch egg. <laughs> um, and on the show today, we're also going to. What have we got? We've got. Um, not only have we got your pick of the film, which is.
0: Tremors,
1: an epic slug of fun in uh, monster movie history.
0: It's the 1990 comedy horror monster thing With Kevin Bacon Who doesn't love a bit of Kevin Bacon? Oh, I know, right? I quite love Kevin Bacon A bit es- of streaky Kevin Bacon I
1: especially liked it when he came over And did those United Kingdom mobile phone adverts
0: Oh,
1: yeah Wasn't that great?
0: It was great
1: Yeah uh, What else have we got? We've got the normal for-
0: fortney Schmortney. Yes, indeed And because the PlayStation 5 announcement just happened Uh, We're going to get Nick on a call to discuss what we want. That's a first, isn't it? It is a first. We're going to have technology and stuff happening. We're going to use Zoom. Oh. So, yes, look out for that. Uh, Let's just get to it, shall we?
1: Yeah, this is going to be a spectacular show, guys. So hold on to your tail feathers.
0: Adam's Retro Film Reviews. Guesthouse Paradiso, 1999. Good morning.
3: Good
0: morning. Morning. I am, in fact, a qualified gynaecologist. Well, strictly speaking, I'm an amateur, but I, I, I'm bloody keen. Look!
3: Here's a
2: pencil! I think I'll have the fish.
3: Wise joy.
2: Can I ask where your eggs come from? Hen's vaginas. <laughs>
0: I shall bring your luggage up directly. Mice. Hey, hey, give her one for me, won't you? No, if you get too tired, don't worry, just phone Nan. I'm happy to come up and give her one myself. <laughs> I'm not joking, actually. I'm Eddie the bellboy. The bellboy? That's right. You may be aware that last week marked the sixth anniversary of Rick Mayo’s death and frankly the world just isn't the same without him. In tribute for my retro review this week I've gone and watched a film that you should all see just for the sheer ridiculousness of it all, Guesthouse Paradiso, a feature length spin-off of Rick Mayo and Ade Evanson's classic BBC comedy Bottom. Guesthouse Paradiso was written by the pair and directed by Ade Evanson in his directorial debut. Like Bottom, Guesthouse Paradiso introduces us to Richie Twat, uh, sorry, Thwait, uh, played by Rick Mayo, and Eddie, played by Evanson, as they manage Guesthouse Paradiso, the cheapest, worst hotel in Great Britain. So bad, in fact, that the polluted air around the hotel makes you choke, and the lack of payment forces the chef and waiter, the only two remaining members of staff, to leave, taking all the food with them. This leaves Richie and Eddie to fend for themselves while the guests grow more and more impatient and disgusted by their host antics as they beat, harass and abuse each other in their signature crude and incredibly funny way. Well, between Richie's spying on the newly arrived guests and antics while wearing a incredibly tight rubber lingerie set, it's, it's hard to explain. The twist comes when famous Italian actress and sex icon Gina Carbonara, played by Helen Mayhew, arrives to hide away from the dangerous criminal fiancé Gino Bolognese, played by Vincent Castle. You might be getting the level of humour we're talking about here. Without a chef or food and desperate to keep Gina happy, Salvation lands in the road when a truck of toxic, poisoned fish from a recent chemical spill at the neighbouring nuclear plant spills its load into the road and is swiftly taken in by Eddie and prepared for the guests. When this inevitably turns south, well... Things escalate. And when I say escalate, I mean gallons and gallons of glowing green projectile vomit spraying across the hotel. Guesthouse Paradiso isn't a film you'll be presenting any awards to. It just isn't even a film you'd probably introduce to a significant other, but right bottom before it, it's bawdy lowbrow humour at its finest. Where Guesthouse Paradiso works is the endless capers and accidental horrific injuries inflicted on and by Richie and Eddie. In fact, I'd go far to say that the ending is the weakest bit, if not the messiest and grossest part. Where the joy comes is from Eddie and Richie beating each other with massive jugs and the accompanying Looney Tunes foley work that comes with it. Bizarrely, there's also several references to classic comedy. One gag around having dinner undressed is almost identical to a similar gag by Laurel and Hardy. Even some of the sound effects are lifted from classic films such as Mr. Hewlett's Holiday, presumably huge influences on both rick and aid overall if you like crude humor and if you enjoy mindless violence and if you're in the mood for something ridiculous watch guest house paradise it'll have you laughing out loud it's also on netflix right now although be warned the version on there is bad what happened to you candle in the eye right now
3: Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, happy birthday to you, happy birthday
2: to you, happy birthday. birthday. Thank you very much. For what? For my birthday song. Oh, was it your birthday?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Can I have a present, please? You want a present? Yeah, just one, and we'll, we'll scatter them through the show. I'm start you
1: off with the rubbish one. Oh, yes. But it's not rubbish.
0: Oh. There you go. Okay. It's... It feels like batteries.
1: Well, you're in luck, Adam, because it's something much more powerful than batteries. Batteries may be able to power
0: our electronics, <laughs> but what the bubbles <laughs> can power our fun. Rob's got me... Five assorted colour bubbles from Sainsbury's home. I think figured... you do all your birthday shopping at Sainsbury's. Well, not this.
1: quite. You, well, hold on, <laughs> hold on to your to your wings, bird. Okay. Because there's some which aren't from Sainsbury's. Oh.
0: The next one is from Poundland. B and M. Oh. <laughs> no,
1: yeah. So we've got bubbles on the go, mate. <laughs>
0: Screen Bucket, Adam and Rob. So with the magic of technology, Robert, something amazing's happened. What's that, Adam? We have summoned from the spirits of Leighton Buzzard, the voice of Nick.
2: Hello, can you hear me?
0: Yeah. How is it's working. Working? <laughs> so yes, we've got Nick joining us via the magic of digital technology uh, to talk a bit of PlayStation. Hello
2: playstation yes yeah, so what happened nick what's going on why are we why are we talking about it it was a big event uh, it's the ps5 event it hit every single news outlet there was everyone was talking about it um you sound and thrilled. then then it, then it happened so it was the announcement mm-hmm.
0: of the playstation 5 the new generation of console plus games and all that stuff so what did we see yes
2: well, it started off, uh, obviously, they kept the announcement of the console until the very end, uh, the correct way to do it. Um, we'll come to that later. But it started off, the main thing was obviously Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Yeah, that's what they should have done the announced. first time round.
1: Nick, before we get into that, how long did you take to notice that the presenters were CGI, that they were graphics?
2: I, I was obviously messaging Adam throughout, and he kept saying this. Now, they obviously weren't cgi did they bloody were something... they were
0: <laughs> they were cgi they were dead dead-eyed ghouls
2: that's just game developers <laughs> 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 no they were fake yeah, their, their they lips did... weren't moving properly. they were so far they in did the uncanny look weird.
1: valley i i couldn't locate my g-string <laughs>
2: <laughs> here's my theory so obviously a lot of people complained about the xbox event that was what a month or so ago um that it was really badly put together because it was in the middle of lockdown and um it was basically just webcams with poor zoom like backgrounds <laughs> going on okay. um and i think this was their sony's attempt to try and make it look really over polished and in doing so they oh Jack, you did they something over it yeah, that's my theory. Uh... And there was us being all wowed.
0: No, no, no. Though there were at least two that were computer men. Yeah, their lips weren't moving properly. Their hair wasn't moving properly.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe they were people just CGI'd over with gloss. Yeah, you might be right. I, I I'm sure I just they were don't fake. Don't know anymore. Anyway, anyway, Spider Man, Spider Man, Spider Man. <laughs> so spider-man obviously everyone got very very excited i got very excited when i saw it because i've been wanting to play as the miles morales spider-man since the end of spider-man um spoiler by the way if you haven't played spider-man oh um but yeah uh, miles morales as spider-man is is a lot more fun um and they announced it and everyone thought oh it's a sequel but it's not a sequel yeah what it's the hell just... what's going on it's they they're basically enhancing and expanding the original spider-man um so that they can sell it to you again on the ps5 and give you a reason to pay the 50 pounds or 60 pounds for yeah okay what else uh let's have a look so we then our gran turismo 7 which looked real
0: (laughs) yeah what do you think rob
2: boring Mm.
0: rob's not a fan of
2: gran turismo
1: where are the green shells where are the where are the blue shells (laughs) where are the bananas (laughs)
2: Do you like any racing games, Rob? Or uh, is it just burnout. Mario I like Kart?
1: Burnout because you could crash into cars okay. and cause explosions and things.
0: Ooh, can we skip straight to uh, Fortnite meets Charmageddon? Destruction something. <laughs>
2: That's what I was just about what to the say. Hell is Destruction that? All-Stars. Yes, that looks Ooh, awesome. That looks amazing. A little, little bit of Rocket League in there as well. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, 100%. definitely. Yeah. Right. What's next? What do we have next? Uh, we then had Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, Ooh. which I'm very excited for. Now... This is probably the, as far as showing off the power and the new uh, sort of capabilities of the new console, this one showed it off the most because that SSD they've got in there is a work of art and it's all about loading assets unbelievably quickly. So that whole portal type gun that they've got going on, where you can literally shoot anywhere and it creates a portal into another world or further on in that level, whatever, the fact that you can move instantly from where you are into that without a loading screen is... Oh. Yeah.
1: Oh, Not this. to mention um, everything that was going on was insane. Oh, at any given mental. time, the amount of missiles and jets flying overhead, and it was mind-blowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. All
0: them polygons. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was an explosion of colour, mm. but... Yeah, I, I I really liked the first, or the, you know, the new first Ratchet and Clank game. Um, we have it, it was a good. There was very little interest in our camp when we watched that. Yeah, yeah. Well,
1: that, well you know, I Ratchet tell what, and Clank didn't do it for me, but it was uh, it was a good game. It just wasn't my cup of tea yeah, as a platformer. Never
0: never had any knowledge of it. I tell you what did pique our interest though, Stray.
2: Right. Yeah, <sighs> this is going to be my next one. Tell us about Stray. what is it. I don't know. You tell me. It, what it? You're a cat. I think
0: it's a third-person cat-based action-adventure game with robots.
2: Did you guys... Um, okay. Nick,
1: okay. did you ever play Tokyo Jungle?
2: No, I didn't. Do you,
1: know, do you know of it?
2: No, I've never heard of that one.
1: Tokyo Jungle was uh, like an indie game where you play as animals and you're in the post-apocalypse. All the humanity has been wiped out and you have to walk around Tokyo as an animal of your choice you unlock other animals as you move along and you have to survive in Tokyo as long as possible mm. and it's very similar to that it's a really fun game you have to get to food before mm. the predators get you and things like that so I don't know if it's a survival cat game
2: or it'll be an exploration
0: uh, of humanity's loss through the boring. eyes of a it'll, cat it,
2: yeah you know well I think we both said it at the, pretty much the same time last night Adam love death and robots oh yeah it, it is love death and robots so it's one
0: of two that was very loved. Yeah.
2: It. Yes. Yeah. But it, find out more about it might be interesting because we didn't really see much. It was just a CGI trailer. So for all we know, it could be um, an MMORPG. It could wow. be a top-down... The,
0: the way the cat moves at the end looked very clunky as if it was being played. So that might just be the style.
2: What? Sort of Detroit Become Human type... Cinematic control movement, the animal's yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that could be interesting. Way... See, now you've got me interested. Yes, yeah.
0: uh... yeah, so I'll take my money. Press
2: X to lick. <laughs> next.
0: <laughs> Different game. Press X three times. <laughs> anyway, move on. Uh,
2: the next one we'll come to is Resident Evil 8. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah, I mean, it, the fact it's called Resident Evil The Village, and it looks very, very... The village or the Vivitch or anything like that. It, oh.
1: it has, um, in terms of the Resident Evil franchise, I didn't play seven, but there seems to be similarities there from what I've seen. But also Resident Evil 4, mm. which, in my opinion, is the best Resident Evil.
0: Yeah, it, no, it's, it's, it's just fact. Yeah. It's not even opinion. So,
1: to have any sort of element of that spookiness of walking through barren villages and abandoned overgrowths and things like that, I can't wait.
0: Even before we knew it was Resident mm. Evil, we were like, oh. If, oh yes. If I win oh, yes. money on
1: a scratch card and I decide I am maybe going to buy a PlayStation, Resident Evil is the game it will make me get it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. But Resident Evil 8 if it is an exclusive, yes, but there's nothing here to say that it is an exclusive. It's definitely coming to Xbox at some point. Xbox it won't be here, coming to it? the
0: Switch though, would it, Rob?
2: It won't be coming to the <laughs> Switch. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm hey, at least I
1: can play through Resident Evil 4 endlessly for all eternity on the yes. Switch. Yes, so that's fine. but then
2: you never know. In about two years' time, Nintendo will probably likely release uh, the next generation of the Switch, which will yeah. probably won't even have a screen. It will just be in your hand.
1: Just be contact lenses.
0: Yeah.
2: Yes. Oh, yes.
0: Wow. Augmented reality. Oh look, here comes the friendly postman, Mario. <laughs>
1: oh, please make that happen. Or not. That'd be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want Postman Mario coming to my door and giving me my my mail. Do
2: you have to be looking oh, down what? his top? Has he got nipples? Has he? Has he got nipples? No? What? No. Nick wasn't what I was thinking. Yeah. What? Who thinks of that? <laughs> you uh, dirty boy, Yoshi oh, Mario's band. nips yeah. nips. Right, <laughs> moving on. Uh, the next one we had of note was Little Devil Inside.
0: Oh yes, yeah, yes, right. yes 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 thought As soon as this came up, I was very intrigued
2: by this one. It's, it's the slow, just spiral into Wes Anderson's mind that was. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh.
1: So from what we could gather, it's uh, an old man reliving his past as he goes to do different household activities. Be yeah. It going for a poo, and there's like a rock fall or something, or is it? Was he Was he falling into something? I think he's the falling. Poo? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah
2: i mean it, it looks like one of those um kind of quirky um indie style art arty focused sites it reminded me of ...type things or i should
0: it reminded that? me of um uh that neighbor game hello neighbor hello neighbor
2: yeah it's a very similar kind of art style yeah Hmm
0: yeah no i was really intrigued and because it stood out as well i tell you there is one thing though you mentioned the indie art style nine out of ten of these games felt very indie
2: is well, that that's... the
0: new thing is that what they're going for
2: in short yes if you they're look going, at the all going for the peaceful tranquility thing oh god there's a load of them aren't they yeah, plinky they're, they're all, they're plonky plinky up. plonky yeah.
0: yeah art games almost
1: post cell shaded like pale colored environments well that's why
0: the few that stood out to us stood out because they didn't look like that
2: yeah (laughs) that's the thing the problem is you if you look at a lot of the games that have won so many awards over the last few years it's been very heavily if not actual indie indie kind of style so you got your dead cells and um forgotten Anne and all those sorts of journey you know they've Ugh. it's always been there but especially in the last few years there's been a big rise of it yes and it's, it's mainly because all the AAA a stuff is so where be, well, it became so corporatized it was all about making yeah. as much profit that the game play went out of it so
0: very yeah. true very similar to the film industry in many ways yes
2: Yes, quite.
0: Any, any more?
2: Uh, there was a couple. Should we go through the ones sort of really to mention? I know you'll want to talk about Oddworld Soulstorm. I don't yes. Know. yes. Yes.
0: Yes. I've been waiting for that game for about 20 years. Um, there's a bit of background to it. So Oddworld Abe's Odyssey was the first game. They remastered it a couple of years ago for the later consoles. Um, but they were given an option to remaster the rest of them. But they decided not to. So this is technically the sequel they wanted to make back in the day.
2: Or oh, what, the sequel to Abe's Odyssey? Yeah, so there ah. there was a sequel,
0: but it was like, it was just,
2: you know... It was Abe's just, Exodus, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, they just, it wasn't really what they wanted to do. They just forced it out, made it quite cheaply, made it quite quickly. Um, this Soulstorm is what they wanted to make. So right. it's going to be a much bigger game. It's going to be much more complicated. Um and yeah, it's, uh, it's the first use of a swear
2: word. Yeah, in the announcement. in the. I think that's the reason why we had that warning at the beginning that said mature content. Because <laughs> uh, that no, one it's... swear word.
0: I I love Oddworld. I think Oddworlds speak to me very
2: well. So yes, looking forward to that. Well, I'm glad you are. I'm not, but that's mainly because I've never played one. So, well, just Nick, more
0: Nick, for I... you.
2: Nick,
1: mm. how do you do? You like Little Big Planet?
2: Uh what are you going to say about um Sackboy? Sackboy. Yeah. Yeah, this is right. So for me Little Big Planet was only ever good as a couch co-op.
1: I I couldn't agree more. 100%. Yeah. If you if you're playing Little Big Planet one player, then you're not going to have a good time.
2: No. You exactly. need to be
1: discussing how you're going to get past the next obstacle with your mates as they come up and react quickly and work as a team.
2: Yes, exactly. So and I don't think it even works that well um across the interwebs. You yeah. need to well, be... Well, you need to
1: have a couple of beers, really. Yeah, exactly.
2: So, I mean, I got into Little bit of Planet at uni. So did of planet... I. Yeah, so that, that's my memory of it. And maybe when I've got kids in the future, those kinds <laughs> of games will become more important to me as I play the games with them. But for the moment, it's a... I'll, Nick, I'll, that was I'll, a I'll
0: disgustingly grown-up thing to say. Yeah, that's can horrible. You, can, you yeah. Move, can we move <laughs> off
2: that, please?
1: I... Um... <laughs> would desperately love to play Sackboy with friends, but I'd know that Adam and Josh would never play it in a million
2: years. Oh, we would. Get him drunk do enough. Think,
1: do you think? You would play him?
2: I think that's you had one so way. so much
1: scorn <laughs> <and> <laughs> yes, It's true.
2: Yeah, I, I think you need like, to get like very managed. drunk and play it on stream. I think we should do that with Heave Ho, but that's
0: moving off the, uh, <laughs> off the conversation. Yes. Um, can um, we get to the console? Because we've been uh, talking for ages, we, and we, we need to talk do, about yes. the disgusting, yes. horrible, horrible... I you quite
2: mean, like it. The, the PS5 router, is that what you mean?
0: The PS5 wearing a cloak. It looks yeah. like a f- character from Frozen.
1: So now we've got the mini-fridge, the Wi-Fi router, <laughs> and the toaster.
0: It, I've, the PlayStation 5 design bugs me for a couple of reasons. One, it looks gimmicky. It looks like it's designed to be put in the middle of your living room which I is do something have a response to that in a
2: minute so remind me when you finish okay. talking. All right.
0: It looks like something you put in the middle of the living room and dominates the space which number 1 is I hate that. Uh, number 2 it looks like it's on a break.
1: Um I don't know if you've confirmed this fact but I did google it after last night mm. you can put it horizontally. You yes. can. You can.
0: Cuz it looks wobbly.
1: Yeah, you can put, you can lay it on its side.
0: Okay, maybe the it's, stand moves underneath
2: it. No, okay, well then I then it's think not it's so got bad. The, the points. If you know it's got that curviness, the waviness, the mm. points that are furthest out from the console, if that makes sense, are all at the same uh, okay projection, so it will sit on those points. All right, well
0: that was going to be my main argument that yeah. to not be able to lay it down is in response to what you quiet. said about
2: it being gimmicky. Hmm. Um. What I would say to that is, do you not miss the old styles of consoles? No. Do you not? Oh, I love the GameCube. That's what I mean. The no. GameCube, the Dreamcast. Oh no, but the, the...
0: the GameCube you could stack. That's different, and it's quite small. <sighs> what I'm saying is, having a big, chunky plastic thing that you can't really tuck away. That's well, about just the N64. Irritating.
2: The N sixty four, one of the that greatest quite... consoles ever.
0: <laughs> that had a really low. That's what. That's what I'm saying. That's quite small. You can you can tuck that away as well. Right now, I've got Xbox One and PlayStation Four, and they're just sat below the TV screen. There, yes. they're just black yeah. obelisks you know what, I that see just it, but, sit there. I
1: feel like am looking at I'm looking at your consoles now, hmm. and if there was a PS five there in the current white edition, it would stick out like a sore thumb yeah yeah Not yeah. it's not from any sense of it being annoying to put there it's just from aesthetically speaking it might be a bit glaring when you've got well, here's
2: big... my theory yeah so if you look at a lot of people were, were complaining not complaining but they had issue with the fact that games consoles were going down the same route so they all look the same there's nothing unique about them i quite like that now sony and Xbox and microsoft themselves have been trying to distance themselves from each other microsoft going more towards the you can play our games on everything and sony really holding on to that you can only play it on our console and what better way to convince people not to have two consoles an xbox and a playstation by making a console that has to be on its own under your tv so yeah. you cannot physically fit another console there
0: see that's anti-consumerism I hate oh that. yeah massively I even hate the idea of exclusives, to be honest, but it, yeah, I don't like that.
1: Well, how do we feel about the digital version? Because I know people in America have already saying, well, this is the final nail in the coffin of GameStop. Mm. Is it going to mm. spell the same for game over here? Well, they,
0: oh, I mean, it's already dying anyway, but yeah. they tried it a couple of years ago with the Xbox and there was just outcry, wasn't there? <laughs> this is the people just went furious that Xbox was is- trying to get rid of discs.
2: This is how, if you take out the fanboys of Xbox and Sony, Sony fanboys will always be louder than Xbox fanboys. Okay. And so, Ooh, that basically, really? that whole. Oh, yeah. That whole I think digital, Xbox are more casual, to be fair. Yeah. Oh. That whole digital thing, Xbox just kind of went, meh. Whereas Sony attacked Xbox just because Xbox did it. Sony doing it now, they'll be, claim it's the best thing ever.
0: Well, it might mean it's cheaper, which is a positive. Yes. Because I imagine the, the big one's going to be... Did we get a price?
2: No. Here's the thing,
1: though. Like, I would always imagine that surely everyone would have to understand, if you have a digital edition, you can't go into game and get your second-hand rubbish copy in a couple of years' time. And as far as I'm aware of any other e shops, I don't know if this is the same with PlayStation Xbox, on the Switch, you pay fifty nine ninety nine for Breath of the Wild. If you go into CEX, you get it for 45 Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So...
0: But the only thing the only difference is that PlayStation and Xbox give you free games a month. Right. And they do and a people lot of see, discounts. Yeah, a lot of discounts. Also they always they always push in their Netflix type game libraries. Okay. Yes. So that's the future, but I think people are resistant to it. I wanna watch a Blu ray. That's my main thing.
2: Yeah. Well you're that yeah, gonna- that's where for you, with your setup, that's your only way of watching Blu ray. Yeah. So so for me, for example, with my setup, I would never think of watching a Blu-ray on my Xbox or my PlayStation anyway. Because I've got a Blu-ray player. So oh, yeah, but that's it's... silly. Why would you have a third thing? Because the Blu-ray player is the surround sound system. God, Adam, it's as if you just don't know how oh these my... things work. <laughs> God.
0: Listen to Mr. Surround Sound. <laughs> Ooh. It's the only way Okay, to well, fair things. enough. So there's no price. They haven't given us a price?
2: No, they're waiting for each other. So. <laughs> It's, this, um, I hate this well, so much. Hey guys, Paper
1: Mario Origami King is coming out on the Nintendo Switch next month and I for one couldn't be happier. So screw Nintendo screw Sony and screw Microsoft.
0: Oh, can we just quickly point out that Demon's Souls has been announced? Yes. Oh yes. how did I forget about that? Demon Souls. Demon Souls uh, And, so, so and Deathloop and <laughs> Oh yes, and Deathloop
2: yes, yes. Ghostwire Tokyo looked really cool. It did. It did. Yeah. It did Horizon Two? Yes. Bleah. Oh, Nick! <laughs> I've, I've just angered an entire generation. <laughs> um, that was about it. Stood out for me. That I think, it? Uh,
0: Yeah, definitely.
2: We won't mention that. What was it called? Uh, Returnal. Uh, rit- oh, rit- oh, r- oh r- there was a couple
0: of very dumb <laughs> names. Returnal. I looked quite, in- quite interesting for the announcement. We loved it when uh, the name came along. <laughs> Returnal. Anyway, well, yes. that's cool. Well done for showing us stuff. I'm yeah, never gonna well, buy one. I don't think I'm ever are. gonna buy one. There. You...
1: Adam's well, playing. I'm with just his bubbles now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some bubbles.
2: They're really. Bad. I'm just looking forward to having an excuse to pay for GTA 5 again, personally. But you know, thanks for
0: that. I think we better move on. No problem. Cheers. It's a pleasure mate. joining you.
2: Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, for I might, a nice one. I might try this again. That's work. okay. Yes. It did. Sounds
0: like you're deactivating.
2: Bye. Bye!
0: They came to party. Get away from me, mate. They came from outer space. <laughs> but for these unhappy campers... Just put this thing on. Things are about to get slimy.
3: If you go down to the woods today, you'd better keep an eye out for... Quackers. They're mean. They're insane. And they're everywhere. And they've
0: got an appetite for naughty campers. Starring... Jodie Bennett. Bailey Billbeam.
3: Isabel Allbutt And Blake Aiden. Quackers. They're everywhere.
2: We are not going back in that tent.
3: Watch it now
2: at holodelmedia.bhx.tv Next game reviews, Minecraft Dungeons. If you've ever played a Diablo game, then you will know exactly what to expect from Minecraft Dungeons. You have your character kitted out with all sorts of weapons, armour and enchantments. You take that character to a dungeon and you proceed to work your way through said dungeon, picking up coins and new gear as you go until you fight a more powerful boss or two. Simple, effective and timeless. As with Diablo 2 and 3, Minecraft Dungeons also leans heavily on its replayability, mainly by procedurally generating the maps to give you different challenges each time you play through a level. They've also done an excellent job of hiding little secrets in each map, such as hidden levels that will only spawn randomly, meaning you sometimes have to play a map several times before it spawns for you. Want more reason to play the levels through again and again, or what about difficulty levels? Increase the difficulty each time you play so you can challenge yourself to harder and harder scenarios, sometimes having to go back to easier levels to find new gear to level up your power. And that's the key to what makes Minecraft Dungeons so much fun, you'll hit difficulty walls every now and then when you are just simply too underpowered and will get your ass kicked within seconds of booting up a level. So you go back, you level up for an hour, and then when you come back to tackle that level you initially struggled with, you feel like an absolute powerhouse. It is so satisfying that it almost becomes drug-like. Minecraft Dungeons isn't just a good game to play on your own. Its couch co-op features make it the perfect game to play with the family. Following the same ethos as the original Minecraft, this game is so easy to play that your six-year-old would find some enjoyment from it. But it's so difficult to master that you and your 16-year-old could spend hours delving into the complexities of the builds and combat styles. There is perhaps one quite significant criticism that I do have with Minecraft Dungeons, though. And it comes back to that comparison to Diablo. Diablo is a game that you could easily put 50 plus hours into and still find enjoyment from it. I've just finished Minecraft Dungeons for the third run through, defeating the Arch on Apocalypse difficulty. I've unlocked every map and found every secret and reached a ceiling as far as my gear is concerned. And how long did all of that take me? 21 hours and I've completed everything the game has to offer, with zero incentive to go back. There is something called the Island Realms teased on the world map that looks like some DLC for later down the line, but the chances of me being well past Minecraft Dungeons when that releases, they're quite high. So well done Mojang for finding a way to expand your franchise to other genres, and seriously well done for making another hugely successful game for the whole family to enjoy. But I fear this is one of those games that will disappear from the public conscious just as quickly as it has appeared. Without more content and fast, this type of game just can't stay relevant for long.
1: Adam, it's time for birthday present number two.
0: Well, can I just say, these? it's better be better than the bubbles.
1: The bubbles are uh, so disappointing. Maybe that's just a dud. There's still more four in the pack. Maybe.
0: I mean, I've got four bubbles out of it.
1: These I don't think can go wrong. This is the second of my afterthought rubbish presents. Okay. Open.
0: Well, it's chilled. It's been chilled.
1: Yeah, this is a present from the fridge. And, <laughs> and it comes with some Chef Rob advice.
0: Well, thank you, fridge. Yeah. A bit- Oh! Oh, the thing. (laughs) They're sausages. Let me just dive in and find out what they are. Chorizo-style sausages.
1: Okay, so... Have you had chorizo sausages of this style before?
0: No, I've had chorizo.
1: This is good. Okay, so when I was a chef in Southampton, when I was a real chef, this wasn't when I was a Green King pub microwave technician. Okay. um, We had these sausages and... Cook three of them normally and have them as you wish, but I'd recommend with two of them, or maybe three of them, chop them up into little discs and fry them up mm-hmm. um, so they're nice and crispy. And then what I would recommend doing is getting our food processor and blending. I've got garlic, so help yourself. Blending. Blend, blend, make your own homemade garlic aioli slash mayonnaise. Garlic and mayonnaise. It tastes much nicer than a real thing if you do it yourself. And have a little tapas dish. And get these sausages, fry them up individually, and dip them in your homemade garlic mayo, and it's bloody delicious. Okay, yeah. So that's what I recommend for them. Uh, the chorizo sausages are banging.
0: But what are they chorizo style? Oh, they're pork sausages with pepper and paprika in them. Oh.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: I don't know if I don't know if they're proper chorizo sausages because they look a bit they're on s- the pink side. They're styled. So style sausages But yeah mm, Okay, so they're probably not cured, they're just flavoured
1: do, do that, um, or I'll do it for you, I don't mind Because I like, I like a little cook um,
0: but Yes, yeah. you do it, it sounds like a lot of effort
1: I'll do it, I'll do it um, But yeah, it's definitely a little tapas Well, well, so well,
0: nice-ness. okay, Look, um, sounds good
1: Yeah, man, that's, a, that's the end of my rubbish presents The next three are good presents <laughs> oh, I'm
0: going to blow a bubble while you get ready for Fortnite Night.
1: Oh yes, cool Welcome to Fortnite Night. A new trailer has been released for the new revenge film, The Big Ugly. The film which stars Vinnie Jones, Ron Perlman and Malcolm McDowell is a revenge story revolving God, land and oil. <laughs> in which Vinnie Jones' character seeks vengeance after his lover is murdered. Now, you watched the trailer for this, Adam. It mm. does look like Guy Ritchie in the jungle, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, it's Guy Ritchie meets Michael Bay. Like, yeah. There's lots of slow-mo glory shots of planes and stuff.
1: It's hammy as hell, isn't it? But Vinnie Jones is so insanely cockney in it, I can't help but be a bit <laughs> excited. I feel like there's been a lack of Vinnie Jones in recent years.
0: Well, yes, he's had some traumatic family stuff, hasn't
1: he? Oh, God, okay. I didn't, I didn't know about that. Yes. Uh, but yeah, that's. Um, I feel like that's one to look out for, something to watch if you feel like some trash. Okay. It looks like the best kind of trash. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, moving on, this is the good one. Mm-hmm. Bruce Campbell has revealed that a brand-new feature-length Evil Dead movie is on the way. Oh, 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 oh. Speaking to Empire, everyone's favourite chainsaw-wielding chin man revealed that the movie, titled Evil Dead Now, will be brought to us as soon as practically possible. The film, which will follow a narrative separate to the first three movies, but um, it is confirmed that this isn't a remake like um, the 2013 Evil Dead. Yeah, this yeah, is, yeah, This is moving on. This is after the trilogy. Um, it will most fi- likely feature a female protagonist with Irish director and writer Lee Cronin in the director's chair. Cronin, who directed horror A Hole in the Ground, which we need to see, Well, yes. Um, was handpicked by Sam Raimi himself. That's a good stamp of approval, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. we can all agree. But yeah, interesting.
0: So I've heard that it's going to be a start of a series of individual tales.
1: Oh wow, that's brilliant.
0: So it's going to be like uh, everyman types just people just stuck in the middle of nowhere who who just get confronted by the evil. Uh, and it's going to launch a whole new series, basically. That's so great. Right. That's, and that's what Evil Dead's all about. Uh, Ash's Evil Dead protagonist starts off as just a bloke who's stuck in the wrong place at the wrong time. So yeah, really excited about that.
1: Yeah, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Pineapple Express producer Judd Apatow has revealed that he fought hard for a sequel for the now-cult 2008 stoner comedy... Pineapple Express, and that it would have focused around the legalisation of marijuana. Apatow said there was so much happening with the legalisation of marijuana in California, and he was talking to Bible. he said that they thought there was a funny story of how they would deal with the legalisation, the pot dealer community having to handle the fact that suddenly weed was legal. Both Apatow and Rogan have tried to get a sequel going for years... And, like, personally, I'm surprised that they haven't managed to get a sequel. Like, I'm I'm a bit of a, a professor on stoner comedies. I, <laughs> I have seen all of them many times. And uh, I personally think, might be a con- controversial opinion, I think Pineapple Express is the best of the bunch. I think it's better than Howard Akumar. I think it's better than Cheech and Chong. I think it's better than D- Where's My Car? I think, and it's one of
0: those... That's a big one.
1: I, I'm Seriously, I think definitely the case. And I think... It's one of those films where a sequel wouldn't have been like, oh god, they're doing it again. I would have loved to have seen them reprise their roles. I don't think they're old enough yet, but yeah, I it's, I, I hope that they manage to get it off the ground.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate them, but I'm not a big fan of. It's too American for me.
1: But they're, they're from the school of knocked up and super bad, which you never you've never been a big fan of anyway. Have no, you? not really. Uh, but um, yeah, no, I, I really hope they manage to do it because I was harking for that for years but you know, we'll, they we'll probably see. got
0: put off by the fact they um, almost caused the third world war they oh probably, god they yeah. probably slowed them down a bit
1: yes um, with the, what was it called the 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 interview the yeah. interview yeah god yeah moving on uh, Indiana Jones has been voted the greatest ever movie hero by Empire Movie Readers okay um Obviously. yeah yeah <laughs> in, indiana beat out the likes of aliens ellen ripley black panther sarah connor james bond princess leia So black panther uh, was in there
0: okay
1: i thought um it's a mediocre film I mean, blade was in there as well and like i don't know if this is controversial but i thought blade was way cooler yeah than black panther. oh yeah um if you're talking about black representation i would put Blades above Black Panther, but I think maybe... Um... I put
0: Django above Black Panther. Oh, yeah,
1: definitely. But I think Black Panther was definitely the most culturally significant one in, in the fact that it was yeah, the probably. first Marvel movie. To but have... that's a... Well, no, Blade was.
0: Yeah. That's a weird... That's a... <laughs> When you just named all the classics.
1: Yeah, well, so i go on Marty McFly, Katniss Everdeen they've put in there, uh, Moana, which is uh, an interesting one. But uh, like again, to a generation, Moana's really important.
0: Katniss made sense.
1: Yeah. Um but when it comes to indiana jones i mean there's no in my opinion there's no hero that has been more perfectly written i would put in joint second ripley and bond out yeah, of them
0: mm, but, well bond is hard because there's so many different bonds so yeah, how can so you co- say so
1: cool if you're talking about heroes and ripley's so freaking cool um i'd be hard pressed to think of anyone Wait, was, else off the was, top of my was, was head was ash in there yeah, no, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't see the full list. Mm. Ash would definitely have to be in there if it was our list. Um, but surely a flawless victory for Jones. Um,
0: oh yeah, no, without a doubt, he's he's the coolest one. I'm... And it says something about the fact that a character based on the twenties character, like it wasn't even an original character. It was just a trope. Yeah, and it's just Harrison Ford took it, took it and ran with it.
1: I remember. Um, I I brought it up in a previous episode but I'm going to bring it up again because it's so annoying I remember having a conversation with someone at work saying we had an argument over who was coolest who was the better action hero between Indiana Jones and John Wick
0: oh shut up John Wick
1: I mean if anyone wants to argue that point further please hit us up on our social media because we will destroy you (laughs) John Wick can't hold a candle to fricking Indiana Jones.
0: John Wick's not even the most interesting thing in John Wick.
1: Yeah, it's just, oh, it's mental. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, they uh, uh, without any shadow of a doubt the, uh, the the right call was made with Indiana Jones. Oh yeah. scrub star Zach Braff has revealed he'd be up for a reunion of the hospital-themed sitcom but this time in movie form. Talking on podcast Fake Doctors Real Friends which he hosts with his Scrubs co-star Donald Faison. Braff revealed he would like to do a similar thing to the show Psych, which released two movies once the series had finished. And he said, we talk about Reunion because I, w- I point to Psych, who's now made two successful films. It would be fun. I think it would be fun for us all to do something like that. I don't think Scrubs needs to be revisited.
0: I don't think Scrubs... I think that's gone. Yeah. I mean, it's still it's still relevant, it's still good, but yeah, I'd rather Malcolm in the Middle.
1: The thing about Malcolm in the Middle, which would be interesting, is the big... Reveal at the end that uh, oh, yeah. Lewis and Howe were channel were training him to be president, so the yeah. working class could be better represented because yeah. they were fed up of being treated like dirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So having Malcolm running for office whilst his moronic family—imagine Reese getting in the way of his.
0: or yeah, and Reese getting like a really, uh, he- like a really vague office job. Reece, really obscure just to get a title
1: Reese is working in the White House as a janitor yeah yeah and he keeps bursting in he's got full uh, he's allowed to go into the Oval Office whenever he wants you go
0: many different directions because yeah. you make Dewey into a sort of Bond villain-esque super genius who's trying to stop <laughs> trying he, to cause just, the problem that gets Malcolm into the Dewey's
1: job. rallying against Malcolm because he's disagreeing with his policies yeah, yeah. meanwhile Francis has been called back into service and has become a really, really high-ranking military general
0: this is right in itself.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant.
0: Yeah. And
1: um, meanwhile, mum and dad are off, like, I don't know, just ruining, making newspaper headlines, Howl, having, having sex everywhere.
0: Hal's bought a uh, camper van. <laughs> he's driving it about, and everyone keeps, <laughs> and everyone keeps going, oh, that's really familiar. That's, <laughs> that is such
1: a wonderful fan fiction that he abandoned <laughs> his family and started a new one and... Great, oh, this is beautiful. But yeah, no, 100%. Anyway, okay. on that note,
0: so concludes Four Nights More Night. Very good. I'm just a sweet screen bucket. Oh, it's my birthday, Rob. Can I have another present? There you go. Oh. Oh, heavy. Small and weighty. Small. <laughs> mm. My favourite type. Oh, okay. Look! Oh, it's a little Crystal Skull bottle. Crystal Head, rather.
1: It is a little Crystal Head bottle. I thought, well, you've got so many big bottles. Um, I thought I'd give you a small one ah, to add to your collection.
0: That's amazing. Thank you. That's all right. So, Crystal Head is, is the vodka that got me into vodkas. It's famously the uh, Dan Aykroyd of the Ghostbusters fame. It's his uh, brand. And it's very, very tasty. Thanks so much. No problem. How much is, I can't work how, out how big that is. That's 50 mil, apparently.
1: That's 50 mil. Mm, There's a, a, a double in there, is there? I'm a triple?
0: That's a double, isn't it? Yeah. 50 mil?
1: Yeah, it's a double. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Hmm, it looks, it looks bigger. But, uh, cool, that's really nice. That's what a great design. Yeah, it's pretty rad, isn't it? Ah, oh, nice. Thanks, mate. No worries. Oh, mademoiselle, would you like to have a film discussion? Oh, yes, monsieur, I'd love to have an in-depth film discussion with you, like I do on Screen Bucket. Perfection,
3: a scorched outpost in the middle of nowhere. You know how close I am to leaving this place right now? How close? Maybe that's why Val and Earl decided to leave town. Hey, hold up, that's Edgar Dean. They just picked the wrong day to do it. Jeez. You guys better get the hell out of here. There's a killer on the loose. Who could be doing it? Is that a snake? I'll give you boys $5 for this.
0: 20. That's how they get you. They're under the ground.
3: What the hell? thing after they eat a whole station wagon but where do they come from i vote for outer space no way these are local boys you see they're headed right force no richter scale can measure it they're coming no scientist can explain it Bert, they're under the ground you
2: didn't get penetration even with the alpha gun run run
3: and no one knows what to call it mega worms or suckers or or now this valley is just one long smorgasbord. Now it's up to Val and Earl to save the world. That's one big mother. Who died and made you, Einstein? And they know just what to do. Mm-hmm. Flip for it. Damn. Kevin Bacon. Fred Ward. <laughs>
0: Tremors. It was my film pick.
1: Because was your birthday. Because it's my
0: birthday. birthday. You'll yeah. get one too. Yeah, Don't yeah. Know about it. Uh, so yes, as it's my birthday, I picked a film... Uh, last year I picked Transformers the movie, which might be the most uh, influential movie of my life. It freaked me the hell out. In a heartbreaking way.
1: And this movie also freaks you out in a horrifying way, because when we watched it, yeah. you referred to... Uh, a particular hat scene,
0: well, this my might... so I walked in on my brother, who's older than me, uh watching Trembers. and there was one scene that I walked in on, and it oh, yeah, it freaked me out, I was dreaming about it, I was having nightmares about it for days, just kept thinking about it um and oh boy, but I remember it stuck with me so much that the name of the film stuck with me, and I was on holiday uh I was probably like less than ten when I saw it, and I was on holiday somewhere and someone was talking about tremors and how much they loved it and how funny they thought it was i was like it scared me though so i had to go back and watch it and i went back and watched it again and again and again and again and again
1: it's it's a great movie it's a really great movie I, yeah i haven't watched it since i was 14 i think i've got it's just been away from me for ages it's nothing i have ever having come back to To be honest, I didn't think I'd enjoy it as much as I did watching it again, but it's it's so good.
0: I would say Tremors is up there with a very few, very small selection of films as a perfect script. Yeah. It's such a tight script. Everything it sets up, it pays off. Um, Small little details like the ice cream machine that just makes a bit of a rattle early on and Mm. they don't have time to fix it comes back later in a massive way uh it's just really really tight and it its has got the best like arc of the characters as well oh definitely like there's traditionally a protagonist will be someone in a really bad situation who needs to get out and is given an opportunity to do it refuses it and has to do it that's the traditional hero's arc and yep this happens absolutely happens Mm. without being too obvious kevin bacon uh, especially
1: and he learns something along the
0: way he does he mm. learns that he doesn't just need
1: long blonde hair
3: big green eyes world-class breasts ass that won't quit, and legs that go all the way up
1: he needs a guard of intelligence with a degree a doctor uh, uh,
0: but i've got to say as well uh, something we pointed out during it they're living the dream life aren't they
1: Yeah, we both went kind of side and thought, oh my God, they're just fixing fences in the beautiful Nevada. Is it Nevada?
0: Yes, perfection Nevada, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's in this beautiful Nevada plains with the valleys and mountains around them. They're just fixing fences. There's
0: Valentine McKee, played by Kevin Bacon, and Earl Bassett, played by Fred Ward.
1: Yeah, and then one of the things I said when I was watching it is the perfect buddy cop movie.
0: Oh, it is, absolutely.
1: It's a buddy cop film about them kind of... Going backwards and forth, just insulting each other the whole time, but they <laughs> love each other really. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. And there's not gangsters. It's a giant man-eating underground worm.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Uh, and what's what's really nice about it as well is you've got um, the the characters on the on the peripheries are also really interesting and and you do feel for them and you do understand where they're coming from. Yeah. Uh, especially uh, uh, Bert, the gung ho madman. The survivalist a, with his bunker.
1: With a gun collection that anyone would envy, including an elephant gun. There's not enough elephant guns in <laughs> films, I don't think.
0: Absolutely. So, yeah. So, the film it's set in... Nevada. It's set in perfection, outside of perfection, Nevada, which is uh, a tiny little, sort of, almost like a western town. Um, it's essentially just a trailer park. It's over.
1: a nothing town. They, they're scraping through to the extent that one of their neighbours offers them a little job where they get paid in, like nothing at all than beer yeah free beer and it's and the way she says it is that she's thinking they're definitely going to accept this because this is all they've got this is all anyone's got
0: yeah 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 they've had enough absolutely they so they yeah they're they're dogs bodies they really the final nail in the in the coffin the final thing that makes them think that done we're out is they're trying to pump out a septic tank that sprays all over them and they are just immediately like that's it right there we're done we're Mm. off we're off to the other town Bixby. They're off to Bixby to start a new life, a new chapter. Except when they leave, when they try to leave, something gets their attention.
3: Hold up! That's Edgar Dean's! Come on! Oh no, he only wears that one damn jacket. That's him, I'm telling you. Man, oh man, you must have been drunk this time. Edgar, get your butt down from there!
1: He's uh, been dead for four days, the doctor decides. He's literally died of thirst up this pylon. He's stayed up there for four days. He's been too scared to come down, or he's Mm. just wanted to stay up there. Why has he wanted to stay up there? We do not know.
0: So then they, when they drop off the body, they decide to leave again. And that's when they see a farm, a little sheep farm, that's been attacked and this is the scene that freaked me out. So uh, all the sheeps have been eaten by something. They've been sucked into the ground. Um, and then there's a little hat. There's a, a farmer's hat on the ground. And they reach down. They pick up the hat. Ah,
3: Jesus. What the hell's going on? I mean, what the hell is going on?
0: There's the face of the farmer looking at them.
1: His last expression is one of total fear. It's horrific. Yeah.
0: And it, that's, the, that's what I saw, and it freaked me out for days. So what they work out, well, they, first they think it's a serial killer that's just killing people randomly. But it turns out there's something else going on.
1: And it's first indicated by the seismographs that uh, Rhonda Lebeck, yes. played by Finn Carter, is a, she's a, she's a, a ge- student, isn't she? She's not a geologist, she's a something else. There's geography there's geology, and then there's some something whatever seismology seismology yeah,
0: yeah, so she's a student in the area she's investigating why there's been tremors Ooh. in the uh, in the area um and no one work- can work out why, so that's a little 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 dropping of a hint um we only really find out something really weirds going on when um they're when they're panicked to get away from the supposed serial killer, the target gets hitched up on something and they manage to put it away they eventually Get it, and when they get back to the village, they realise that uh, they were grabbed by
1: a weird worm.
0: Yeah, it's sort of like a f- horrific mutated snake worm thing.
1: Such is its strangeness that Walter Chang, the owner of the is it a munitions store? It's just a it's shop, just a isn't, shop, it? isn't yeah. it? And um, but he wants he wants to he buys it off it for fifteen bucks, and he he wants people to go and take their <laughs> picture with him. It's a money making thing, but this. This is what like this confirms what you're saying about it being such a tight script. I love the stages of the build-up because it's so in stages you've got the the seismograph because um Rhonda she runs she she just casually walks back to a Jeep, but then we get monster view of her being chased. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you have the um the head, and then you have the um the couple who are out in the middle of nowhere and their their yep. generator gets sucked underground, and then you have the the two Guys who are going to clear the wreckage in a road where the boulders have come down, then they get it's it's very slow build up of things happening. Yes, and, and they're, they're also, more and more annoyed.
0: They're very reluctant to acknowledge what's going on until it's they're confronted with it. Because they see the, the the thing attached to the car and they assume that's the monster. But of course, it's not. No. The monster is much bigger and it's instead of a tongue. It's got all these like little individual snake tongue, worm tongue things that kind of. Uh, uh, and when they find that out, uh, oh, it's quite a good scene, isn't it?
1: I like that little fact you just dug up about why it wasn't a smaller thing that came out of a shell.
0: Oh yeah. So originally the worm. So what's going on is that there's this ancient life form that's in the it's digging its way through underground and it's making its way down down the valley, um, and it's this giant horrible worm that looks. It kind of looks like it's got a goat skull front, almost. Mm. is a pincer. It's with, very Starship Troopers. Which, incidentally, is what I said to join the screening. And it mm. is actually designed by the people who did Starship Troopers. So that's an awesome connection that I didn't realise. No. Um, but yes, so originally the worm was going to be a big creature with a smaller, fleshier worm that comes out. I'm sort of imagining alien tongue. Yeah. But it decided that it looked way too phallic. It looked like something coming out of a voice. It was just a dick. Yeah, so they decided instead to go for these individual tongue things. Which is quite a massive change, I thought. That really changes the script. But, um, what's the name What's the name of the, monster, the monster-making company? Oh, uh, they are called Amalgamated Dynamics.
1: So just reading through that list. Go back to the 90s a second. They've got um, Alien 3. Demoli-
0: we- Demolition Man, that's true. Cool.
1: So Yeah, Mortal Kombat. Jumanji, which had incredible effects, like the creepy spiders and stuff. Uh, Mars Attacks, Alien Resurrections, Starship Troopers, The X-Files. That's pretty cool.
0: And then into the 2000s, there's Hollow Man, uh, all the other Tremors sequels. Uh, Spider-Man, 2002. Spider-Man 3. Aliens versus Predator.
1: Mm. Crazy. So they're brilliant, to be said, because the way the worms move, the way the tongues move, I mean, especially there's a scene where Kevin Bacon realises he can't move and he's lifting up his foot. He's trying to balance on one foot. And every time he slightly places the foot on the ground, the worm moves towards his foot to try and bite it because it's blind. It can only sense by vibration. Yeah. The way it moves is really realistic and sinister.
0: Yeah, there's, a really, there's some really nice shots where the sand almost moves like water. Yeah. So there's one of the, I think one of, I read the, one of the influences on the whole film being made in the first place is essentially it's the floor is lava. Yeah. So there's these long sequences where the the characters are stuck on rocks and they can't get off them because the moment you step onto the sand, it knows where you are and it'll grab your knee. Um so there's scenes where you the just the sand parts like water. It's almost like it's uh almost like a jewels kind of thing. It's land jewels. Yeah. Uh which is really which is you yeah, know, that's very visceral sticks in your head and it, it kind of has that shared horror that everyone has of the ocean of something you can't see.
1: Well, it's, it's, they, and they, uh, yeah, again, they blend that with a moment to have the characters bond and to give you more insight into the characters. When yeah. they're stuck on that rock and they're learning to pole vault, not only is that the whole Flora's lava thing, you get the essence of what they need to do to survive, it very much sets the ah, rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the same time, it's making the characters bonds and giving them your character insight. So, yeah, again, great writing
0: well what do you say with the with the the challenges the the whole film is just a series of what now what do we do now mm. and that really that appeals to me in a lot of ways because i love the i love the idea of a of a horror film or a sci-fi film or whatever where there's a situation and you have to think your way out of it mm. uh so oh okay well what if we uh what if we try and Leave the spaceship in our spacesuits. No, no, the spacesuits have been ruined. Damn, what's next? It's that continuous, like, try and try again. Uh, Throughout the whole film, in fact. It's this ongoing, like, trying to work it out and trying to do things um, as the stakes get higher, which, yeah, which I bloody love. So what we were talking about earlier with the things being set up and paying off, um, as the characters start, obviously, there's a body count. So as people start being taken out. Um, The most dramatic scene is to do with the ice cream machine. Mm. Oh, God. So they realise that the creatures are blind. They realise they sense vibration. Sound is how they find you. Um, So while they're talking about this and what to do next, they're sitting in 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 the shop when suddenly the ice cream machine starts rattling. And they all freak out. Oh, no. So they run off and they unplug it, but it's too late. Through the floor comes a giant Graboid that just grabs Walter, uh, grabs him, and he's just howling and screaming and waving his arms. It's horrific! It's, it's horrendous.
1: And you feel him because he's so intent on... He's so fascinated by this beast throughout the whole thing. He's like, what are we going to call it? He's mm. a name. And yeah, eventually he yeah, he's confirms Graboid. He coins a term before he's eaten. but. Yeah. Obviously, that scene is a very much like it's almost identical to Robert Shaw's Quint being pulled into the depths by the shark in Jaws. Yes, yeah, it's you're right. It's that same horror of, oh my god, he's in, he's being eaten right now. We're watching him being eaten, the blood coming out of his mouth. It's that level of, this is awful to yeah. watch. <laughs> it's definitely the most horrifying scene in the whole movie. Oh, um, without yeah, a doubt. And, it's, yeah,
0: it's- and there's moments as well where, so we've got the, the girl from uh, Jurassic Park. Yep. Whatever her name is. Ariana Richards as Mindy. Yeah, Mindy's playing on a pogo stick. Pogo stick. And she's got her headphones on so she can't hear the warning. That, stuff like that. And you're like, oh, no.
1: That was the only point in the film, I went for God's sake, because you're the mum. You're, you're not letting oh, go yeah. of her.
0: You're not letting go of her. She's staying with you. The mum is played by an, sort of elderly Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. It's very distracting. Uh, so yeah, so eventually they... Well, they start fighting back. That's the key thing. Um, And one of the best joke reveal scenes of the 90s, maybe, is when Bert and his wife, they're in their basement as the Graboids coming at them. And they're being warned on the radio. They're coming towards you! They're coming towards you! And uh, it comes through and they're shocked and they have guns and they start shooting, but it's not working. So the camera just pulls back as they turn around to this massive wall of guns and weapons. It's a what a great and that's that's the other thing as well that the effects in this film are incredible apart from the second shot in that sequence which is a real shame.
1: Oh well, when it's just them kind of screened on the front
0: of yeah, the... it's a really really bad mat projection thing. But apart from that, flawless. Yes, absolutely.
1: It's um, it's the same as Starship Troopers in the fact that they look real. They look like you can touch them. Not only do they look like you can touch them, but they look like they're genuinely alive. Oh yeah, it's not like a fake. Jim Henson puppet, where you know they look really cool, but you can tell it's a puppet. And they take the they time; they look real.
0: They take the time to explain what's going on. So, like, they've got these like ridges on their on their body, hmm. these little like almost like dorsal fin kind of things, and they're supposed to be how it glides through the dirt. Genius! Like, yeah. That's a bit of level of detail you don't really need, but it's just really really nice to put in it. But let's not talk about the sequels as well. Let's keep it nice. Yeah. Where the bodies start going a bit ridiculous.
1: Yeah, agreed.
0: Have you oh. seen the sequels?
1: Um, I might have seen
0: two. If not, I, I can't remember at all. You probably would have seen two, but they they fly oh. and all sorts of nonsense. Yeah. But yes. Yeah. So yeah, Tremors. I, yeah. Pfft, go watch it if you haven't seen it. If you uh, have seen it, watch it again. The big question, is
1: it going in the Hall of Fame?
0: I would vote yes. I
1: would also vote yes. Nice. Yeah, let's put it in there.
0: Birthday tremors. Adam's Film Reviews. The last days of American crime, 2020.
3: The world is in chaos. Criminals. We
1: run these streets. With the government about to fight back.
3: 30 seconds! That signal freezes you. It stops you from doing anything illegal. They use the signal to kill your brother. I want to use it to steal their money. What do you say, Brick? You a man who can help me steal $30 million? Because your brother thought you were... What about the girl? You ever hear that expression? Behind every great man is a woman. I'm just a girl who likes fast cars and big numbers. What's your angle? In the light of the signal, cops turn in all the weapons.
0: One thing you're going to learn about me is that I'm all about... Adapted from the 2009 graphic novel of the same name, The Last Days of American Crime is a newly released action thriller film on Netflix, directed by Olivier Megaton and written by Carl Jadusek? Yeah, that will do. What's more, it's currently sitting on 0% on Rotten Tomatoes, so hell, I'd better see what it's all about. Now, before I start, this film is punishingly long at 149 minutes, if you're even tempted to watch this film bring a pillow and some snacks you're in for the long haul the last days of american crime introduces us to a near future world where the u.s government is preparing to activate something known as the american peace initiative api designed as a signal to be broadcast across all 50 states the api reprograms a person's brain preventing them from committing crime and there's just 24 hours to go until it's switched on. Enter Graham Brick played by Edgar Ramirez. A sort of poor man's Gerard But Brick is a career criminal once working closely with his brother who was arrested and sent to prison a year prior. After finding out that his brother has died in prison he is met by Kevin Cash played by Michael Pitt and his girlfriend Shelby Dupree played by Anna Brewster. Kevin knew Brick's brother in prison and promises a way to get revenge on the government and go down in history while they're at it. See, When the API is activated, no one will want to commit any crime, including spending the money that they may have got from a previous heist. Thus, this dirty money has been rounded up by the government and we'll all be in one place when the API is activated. The plan then? Disrupt the API for long enough to get in, get the cash and flee to Canada. But what Brick and Kevin don't know is that Shelby is really working for the FBI. Oh, and what Brick and Shelby don't know but sadly the audience are well aware, is that Kevin is a total psychopathic git, ready to betray anyone for his own sick pleasure. Okay, so there's the plan, but now we need to wade through at least an hour of interminable tone-deaf action between Brick and his former criminal associates, while Kevin does stuff and Shelby's tough girl persona dips and meanders like a broken roller coaster. There's also a subplot involving a cop in his pursuit of violent justice, while the ticking clock of the api signal continues in the background the last days of american crime it doesn't deserve a zero percent rating i'll tell you that much i never really wanted to stop watching it but i did feel the urge to pause it to eat sleep drink possibly read crime and punishment from cover to cover some reviewers have pointed out that it's been released at possibly the worst time ever considering the protest movements and anti-police feeling currently in America and the rest of the world, but that's not the film's fault. What is the film's fault is that it seriously needs something. I wonder what it'd be like if it was directed by someone like Guy Ritchie, someone who could bring some dark humour in and make it more fun. Hell, stick a stump man in as director like it's Sam Hargreave, and we could have at least had some awesome choreographed fight scene. Instead, Megaton's direction feels plodding and dreary at best. The worst crime for me is there never seems to be any real complications. Even betrayals are dealt with pretty easily. Something comes up, Brick fights it, it's done. Great. The last days of American Crime should have been a vehicle for Kurt Russell to return as Snake Plissken. It should have had something to say. It should definitely have been an hour shorter. Instead, it just kind of exists. Is it the worst film ever? Nah. The performances are fine, too, and it sure looks nice. It just needed some serious editing. On balance, I wouldn't waste your time watching it if I were you. I feel like one of us is going to take a bullet tonight.
3: You go first.
1: Well, Adam, we're approaching the end of the special birthday edition spectacular. Yeah. I've got another present for you here.
0: Oh, ho, ho. Thank you very much. Yeah. You've gone all out this time. It's amazing. Out.
1: gone all out. Yeah. So See, this is, again, Sainsbury's wrapping paper, and it's it's not ideal to wrap with.
0: Oh, this seems exciting. I've opened it back ways first. It's a book. And we'll flip it round. Taking shape, developing Halloween from script to scream. Oh, that sounds amazing.
1: Yes, so... You are a man of writing. Um, you are a man of film. You are definitely a man of Halloween. Yes,
0: I'm definitely a man of Halloween. Oh, that looks, this is really cool. Oh, Halloween 4. Yeah, so it's not, just, three. it's
1: not just the original. It goes into the writing technique and the ideas and, and like, you know, everything.
0: Uh, that's like, oh, that's Wow, look. It's bits of screenplay from. Oh, that's very well picked, mate.
1: Give them a blurb. Give them a blurbing.
0: Okay. Uh. Silver Shamrock, Fawn, White Horses, it's all in here. Join authors Dustin McNeil and Travis Mullins for a deep dive into the evolution of Halloween's vast mythology. Extensively researched, Taking Shape is the ultimate guide to the first 40 years of Haddonfield history, featuring exclusive interviews with filmmakers from every instalment. Prepare to gain new insight into Halloween's iconic Boogeyman. Oh, you don't believe in the Boogeyman?
1: You should
0: That's really cool Yeah Good Good Oh let's talk about reshoots Wow So yeah I think
1: i will feel like you Read that and then we know how to make horror movies better <laughs> Learning from the
0: best I'll tell you we've made the best oh, one already We have
1: made the best one already But now we will make stabby ones Yes. Yeah.
0: Oh that's really good What well I mate I'm going to have a Very much have a flick through that If you know what I mean It oh. <laughs> means I've got to read it Nice Cool oh. Well very good So, I guess that's the end of the show.
1: Yeah, that's the end of the show, yeah. Uh,
0: We've covered uh, censorship.
1: We've covered PS5.
0: Yes, uh, tremors and some news.
1: Yeah, that's been a bumper show, hasn't it? It's has been a rather
0: like, a bumper show.
1: <laughs> I'm dreading editing it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, if you want to follow us uh, on our social media, do drop us a line at screen underscore bucket on Twitter or at Hollowdale Media on Twitter and Instagram.
1: Yes, and also please go to uh, www. Patreon slash Hollowdale Media to um, join us in our Patreon endeavours um, for the price of a cup of coffee. You can help us fund our future endeavours. All of the money goes straight back into our projects and helps us bring more and more holiday media madness to your screens.
0: Yes, indeed. And while the lockdown's happening, uh, we've actually unlocked uh, the exclusive content. So even, so even a $2 donation a month will mean you get full access to everything we're doing. Because obviously, it's a difficult time. We realise that we've slowed down. And yes, if you like what we do, it'll be awesome to have you on board.
1: Yeah, hundred percent.
0: Definitely. So you, Adam. What? what? What?
1: Before we go, yes, I got one more present for There's you. There's one more present. One more present. Oh, oh this this is, a, this is a bit of a fun one. It's a bit of a fun one.
0: Okay. Well, the shape makes me think it's an action figure from the nineties. Oh
1: really? That's funny that you would say such a
0: thing. Oh, okay. Oh my God. Well, I've opened the top bit and it says Army of Darkness with a chainsaw. So I think I have an idea of what it is. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. That's amazing. So it's. (laughs) Look at the face. Look at the (laughs) face scroll. So it's three uh, deformed, evil dead Army of Darkness figures. What are those little scrolls? We've got Ash, of course. With his uh, boomstick and chainsaw, which looks like it's attachable to his hand, very good. Uh, the possessed witch The stoles with water and necronomicon and evil ash.
1: Yes, it's what it's not. Um, what's what's the one ever? What's the the mate pop? What, what's that one oh, called?
0: pop vinyl, Funko Pop.
1: This isn't a Funko Pop. This is something else. I don't know what it is. I just saw it online. And I thought it's, it's a Adam. Mezco toy. Yeah, I don't know what that is, but I thought they were cool and I thought you had to have it.
0: Uh, I almost don't want to open it. Maybe you don't. But what? I want to play with them. Maybe do then. Mm. I
1: feel like. Def- well, I think open it because then you can put them in place.
3: Oh, so yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Look at them. Although, oh, God, it's not the.
1: Uh- we always talk about Evil Dead too and we always talk about Evil Dead 1, but Army of Darkness is the silly one. Ooh. But it still has very much a special place in our hearts, I think.
0: Yeah. It's not as good as Evil Dead 2. Oh, no, of course not. Evil Dead 2 is a flawless, perfect film. But yes, Army of Darkness has some really fun stuff going on. It's very hard to get them out. It's
1: got the best one-liners, or some of the best one-liners.
0: Yeah, well, most love of the ones... Yeah.
1: Girl, you got, you got real, real ugly.
0: ugly. There's a sword as well. Right, can he hold the boomstick? That's the test. Look at that! Beautiful. And look, the shotgun goes in the back. Perfect. Well done, mate.
1: No problem. (laughs) Happy birthday to
0: you. (laughs)